Good evening. At ZCSD, you are going to have a session this weekend. So some of you here will be in session. But in a way, it's not quite accurate to say that a session will begin this weekend. Though we do have these formal boundaries, so to speak, non-session, session, formal zazen, non-zazen times, formal practice, informal practice. In a way, those are all artificial boundaries, which can be useful, can be very important as supports, as encouragements. But fundamentally, we have to know that our whole life is sashin, is being this, if you want to say, unified mind, unified awakened life. Our whole life is just that. Our whole life death is just that. If we think otherwise, we're already creating trouble for ourselves and for others. And we do think otherwise. In fact, until we come to something like Zen, we all the time are believing our stories about self and others, this and that condition. Sashin, in one sense, reminds us that our whole day is what we could call practice. Or, I'll say it even more, our whole day is manifesting this that we are. Experiencing this ongoing changing that we are. experiencing this unnameable, if I use that word, or this awakened life, if I use that word, that is only this moment. And it's this moment that extends in all directions, in all dimensions. So this moment has past and future, but it's this moment. And Sashin reminds us of that because we have formal sitting and we have walking and working and sleeping and eating and all the other activities to various extents. But if we remember that right now, we are part of a session that we call our life. And maybe it seems to have less formal practice, but that's just something that we call formal. Practice isn't limited to sitting, as you all know very well. Though sitting is most important. 
sitting is most important because we get to see what we're doing to avoid to be other than this experience. What habits of self we're engaging in or what habits of self-other we're reinforcing, we're entangling. Yes, there are words like drop away body-mind. Yes, there are words like awakening and they indicate something that's important provisionally. But it's only important because we insist there's something else. We abide in all sorts of places. I suggested to Kate and I saw that she posted it for you all to listen to my the talk I gave this past week at Prairie Zen Center not at Prairie Zen Center but on the Zoom event that Prairie Zen Center held and in a sense it's a little different than I'm speaking now but it's just another facet And in fact, our whole life is continuously made up of facets and facets that are just the manifestation of the universe. Just as everyone we meet is another facet of our life, our life, yet they're themselves. And yet, if we encounter them and believe some story about them, some otherness of them, then we already make trouble for ourselves, for them. We perpetuate and entangle in harming and suffering. And that's the whole of what practice is about. That's what the whole of Buddha's teaching is about. That's the whole of what Joko taught. That's the whole of what many ancestors and teachers are about what we do when we entangle not because we have to fix that but just because that's the only thing that literally and figuratively covers our eyes covers our ears so that we don't experience our very life it covers our, if I say the word mind, but mind is a bad word to use in a way. It's a good word, it's necessary, but given our tendency in the West especially to connect mind with mental functioning, with consciousness, with all sorts of other things, it really misses what the Buddha's teaching what our ancestors are teaching, what this prajna wisdom that we are is. So it's a useful word, but don't believe it. 
experiencing isn't a thing that's limited to mind. Experiencing isn't a thing, but it's certainly not some consciousness, some special state. It's always, always this life that we get to manifest. And yet, because we abide, entangled, are caught up, whatever words you want to use, whatever aspect, we miss, we miss ourselves, and then we miss others. Or we miss others, and then miss ourselves. So, that's a reason why practice is so simple. Because it's exactly your life this moment. Some of you are, are familiar with the, I think it's the last chapter in Joko's book, Every Day's End, called Mushin, um, which means literally uh, no mind or non-mind. And Joko talks about practice there in a very simple way and in a very poignant and importantly pointed way of how all of our activities are the functioning of this universe that we call practice, that we call our life, that we call the awakened life, that we call Sashin, that you can call all sorts of other things, that you can call vast emptiness, no holiness, if you want to use that kind of word. But these words are skillful means. They're skillful means to let us see what we're holding on to. Oh, you're holding on to that? Okay, you need to know a word. Or you need to let go. There. You're holding to something else? Then we need to hear something else. You're holding to stories about what they did to you, then you've got the precept, not speaking of the faults of others, not elevating yourself and putting others down, not holding to anger. It's the most simple thing. Practice is the most simple. Because it's not one inch, millimeter away from your life right now, as you are. And yet, as it said, holding to likes and dislikes separates it as much as heaven and earth or heaven from earth, or earth from heaven. And, unfortunately, and at the same time very fortunately, we each constantly are in the process of all sorts of arising, passing, our own particular arising, passing, inside, outside, which sometimes we cling to, sometimes we entangle in, but it's our own. 
and because it's our own, we also are able to let go of it. See, that's, if I say what Joko taught, she taught really fundamentally two things, and everything else is an elaboration. Noticing and experiencing. Noticing thoughts, emotions, experiencing thoughts, emotions, body. Any story you have about yourself is already, if you cling to it, if I cling to it, if we cling to it, we get in trouble. We create trouble. And after all, that's the whole of practice. To cease trouble. Cease troubling ourselves, cease troubling others. So Sashin is a great opportunity to cease troubling, to be at peace. Being at peace, you all know the Heart Sutra. Well, I I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't make any assumptions because they're not always accurate, I've discovered. Um, If you know the Heart Sutra, you know the Heart Sutra begins with the Bodhisattva being Prajnaparamita, being this wisdom that our life is, that we are, sees the emptiness of all the conditions of life and therefore relieves suffering and pain. Everything else is an elaboration of that in one way or another. Emptiness isn't some fancy state, but emptiness is the way it is, always. The way we are, always. And yet, unless we see it for ourselves, unless we taste it with our tongue, with our body, in our experiencing, and not just once, the once is good, twice is, but ongoing, being this, we can therefore be everything, and yet not get, not hold to what we're entangled in, not get entangled when we have that opportunity to notice, when we have the opportunity to make the effort. So, some of you will get to do Sashin over the weekend, but all of us, every one of us is doing Sashin right now and can continue to do Sashin until the weekend, during the weekend, after the weekend. Sashin is who you are, is this body-mind dropped away, this awakened life of what we are, this self-forgotten. And every time self keeps jumping up, and then we get the opportunity to let it go, or to have it be more transparent, more permeable. Notice the particular self-form, and self, of course, means other, whether it's mental or physical or emotional or psychological, whether it's talking about politics or talking about your family or 
all the other ways that we entangle in self and other. Okay, 